The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of your SB Nation family of podcasts. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. Special treat for you on today's show as we will be talking to New York Giants legend and Super Bowl 25 MVP Otis Anderson a little bit later in the program. And uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully you guys will will enjoy you know my chat with Otis, which is something that that I have been looking forward to for uh, for a very very long time, and uh, I I think that uh, that you guys should enjoy that. So we'll get to that a little bit later on in the program. Before we do that, wanted to uh, to hit a couple of of topics of interest for the Giants. Things that that I've been asked about, things that have come up in the news, you know, quite a bit lately. So let's uh, let's roll through a few of those things right now before we get to to my interview with Otis Anderson. First thing I want to talk about is all the questions that I've been getting and all the stuff I've been reading about the Giants need to uh, need to pursue Houston Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson if uh, if Watson indeed is is available for for trade from the Texans and you know my stance and this is something i wrote about in uh, last saturday's big blue view mailbag my stance is that this is just not something that the giants can really do at this point in time listen i'm not going to sit here and try to tell you that Daniel Jones is better than Deshaun Watson. He's not. But the the fact of the matter is, you look at the price tag that uh, that Watson is going to command from uh, from any team that that trades for him. And there are a number of teams that might get involved in this. You're talking about at least two number one picks. You're probably talking about giving up Daniel Jones as well, which of course if you have Deshaun Watson, you know, that's that's acceptable. That of course is something that you'd have to do. But you're talking about at least two number one picks, probably more than that. Probably several picks that are, you know, premium picks in the draft. And my stance is this listen, we don't know yet how good Daniel Jones is going to be 
We don't know if he's going to be a top five, top 10 NFL quarterback. He may not be. He may, you know, he may be, you know, he may be a, a middle of, of the pack quarterback. We don't know yet, but he, he might, you know, he might be a quarterback that you can, that you can win playoff games, that you can make a Super Bowl run with. We'll, we'll find out over the, the next, uh, the next couple of, of seasons probably. But my, my point, my feeling on this is that the Giants are just not in a position they only have six draft choices coming up here. They're not in a position where they have extra draft capital to uh, to to mess around with here to offer to the Texans. For the Giants to make the kind of offer that would be necessary to to get to Sean Watson, the issue that they would face is that they wouldn't have any draft capital remaining and probably no cap space remaining to uh, to go out. And supplement the roster and and make trading for a player like Deshaun Watson worthwhile by putting pieces around him that would enable you to go out and, and pursue a championship. For me, the better path for the Giants right now is to stay patient with Daniel Jones, to continue to build around him, to give him some better weapons on offense to hopefully expand the offense a little bit, change the offense a little bit, whether Jason Garrett is back or not, to uh, to add some wrinkles, add some motion, add a little bit more play action, get Daniel Jones some playmakers, get Saquon Barkley healthy, and see where the Giants go from there. I just feel like like trading for Deshaun Watson, although tempting, Although you understand the name value and I understand how good he is, would put the Giants in a situation where you're you're more or less bankrupting the franchise and not giving yourself a chance to put other talent around him that would actually enable you to win. Another thing I want to do quickly is just congratulate the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Kansas City Chiefs on reaching the uh, the Super Bowl. Uh, in our last show on Monday, show that I did uh, speaking with Dan Hatman about the the coach GM hiring cycle, that show had been recorded on the Friday prior to conference championship games, so I didn't get a chance in in that Monday show to congratulate the Buccaneers and Kansas City Chiefs on, on reaching the Super Bowl. What a matchup that's going to be! You've got the the greatest quarterback of all time in Tom Brady, the the winningest quarterback of all time when it comes to Super Bowls and playoffs and, and all of that against a guy who, looking, through, looking at the beginning stages of his career, a guy in Patrick Mahomes, who could wind up threatening some of those marks that, that Brady has set um, if, if he stays healthy, if his career lasts long enough. So really intriguing matchup, you know, the, the old hand in Brady against the young gun in Mahomes. And uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, to the Super Bowl in another week and a half. So we'll see what happens there. I'm not really going to make my pick right now, although my my conversation that I'm going to have with, with Otis Anderson in a little while might sort of give away you know what my pick is going to be but I will officially wait until until next week until a couple days before the game to actually unveil that pick officially 
Last thing I wanted to mention was news that broke on Wednesday morning that we saw that that former Giants quarterback Eli Manning may be looking for a role with the team, and I'm excited by that. Um, You know, Manning has talked about, you know, wanting to get back into football, wanting to get involved with the Giants, and word that has come out right uh, at this point, or the the speculation is that... uh, that that role could be as a mentor of some sort of, you know, for players, not really as a member of the front office, not really as a coach, but really as a mentor, you know, for these young men coming into the NFL and dealing with New York and New Jersey and the media and the market and all of the things that go along with being an NFL player. And, you know, Eli Manning was a great representative of the New York Giants franchise for so long. I can't think of anyone better to really put in that role to to help guide some of these young men through some of the the ups and downs and things that they have to deal with in the uh, in the difficult New York market and in their transition to uh, to the NFL. So it would be it would be a great thing to see Eli Manning back with the Giants in some sort of an official role. So we'll wait and see uh, and see if something develops there. All right, Giants fans, let's do this. Let's take a quick break here for a word from our SB Nation sponsors. When we come back, I'll be talking to former Giants great Otis Anderson. Giants fans, I am pleased now to be joined by New York Giants Super Bowl 25 MVP Otis Anderson. And uh, Otis is here courtesy of Novo Nordisk, which uh, deals with type 2 diabetes and obesity. Otis, welcome to the program. Let's talk New York Giants. Let's talk football. And I I have to ask you, you know, two two things going all the way back to the Super Bowl against the Bills. The first thing that I have to ask you is something that I just learned the other day. Did you actually hang up on Bill Parcells when the when the Giants <laughs> traded for you? I heard that story the other day, and I was like, "You got to yeah, be kidding me!" Yeah. Did you hang yeah. up on Bill? Well, you know what? It, we were good. The Cardinals we were good for playing practical jokes with everyone. So when you're on the practice field and you're practicing, and all of a sudden you get called to the office, you know, it's like kind of going to the press of office. <laughs> and I'm thinking it's a practical joke because it, it doesn't make sense. Because if I'm gonna get traded. You get traded on a Tuesday, which is your day off, and you got a chance to prepare, and you arrive at the city, which you go, you got traded to. But I'm on the practice field in my uniform when when uh, Larry Wilson walked out and said he had, he had he had to meet with me about situation, and and wouldn't tell me till I got into the locker room, and I walked to the training room, and the trainers looked at me and said, "You okay? Are you hurt?" I said, "No." They they said that I just got traded to New York, and they said, "Well, we don't know anything about it because we haven't heard anything." And I turned around to walk out the uh, the training room, and the phone rang, and they said, "Hold on, hold up, telephone." And I said, "Okay." So I get to the phone, and I hear Parcells say, "Hey, kid, how you doing?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, this is good, Coach Parcells." He said, "Yeah, Coach Parcells." I said, "Click." <laughs> hey, you can't be Parcells calling me, you know? Come on. How did he take being hung up on? Uh he called back, and uh, I, I was still there, and the guy said, "No, it's really Coach Parcells." And uh, I got on the phone. I said, sorry, coach, something must have happened. But, uh, oh, man, uh, how you doing? He, he, I'm happy to be a giant. You know? So that's how that went. Yeah, that's 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 a funny story. That's good stuff. 
the other thing that that I have always wanted to ask you, you know, you're always going to be known for the for the uppercut in the Super mm-hmm. Bowl game, the uppercut yes, on, on Mark Kelso. Right. And I want to know what sound did he make when you hit him? <laughs> That's what I want to know. A loud grunt. Yeah, a loud <laughs> grunt. You know, when somebody knock you in your gut and your wind come out and you just can't grab that, that extra breath, kind of how it sound when I hit him. Because he went, oh! I'm sure that was, I'm sure you enjoyed that. Absolutely. All right. Hey, so let's talk a little bit about the the current Giants and and I know that these days you consider yourself a Giants fan when you know when you can when you know when when we get through this pandemic I'm sure that you're looking forward to getting back to you know to doing signings I know you show up at a lot of the games and do pregame you know pregame stuff like that I mean how how much of a thrill is that for you you know for people to to still recognize you and, and, and to, to interact with people that way? Well, it feels good to be recognized, first of all and foremost. Uh, and Giants fans love their, their Giants. And, and to have a chance to be around the current players to kind of help them along as they go through their process of being a Giant and what it takes to be a Giant and, and, uh, and all those intangibles. And, and, and it's just good camaraderie. It's camaraderie because I see a lot of my other fellow giant teammates at the game because we, we bleed blue and and we just try to make sure that the players understand the hard work and the dedication we put into creating one the new stadium that they have and all the other uh perks that they have gotten from the sweat and tears and hard work that me and my other fellow giant uh teammates have brought forth yeah it it's always interesting you know when i cover the games i see so many so many former players, you know, hanging around the press box, hanging around the facility, you know, signing autographs, meeting with people. Just, I mean, from from what you know, is is that, you know, the norm around the league, around franchises around the league, or or are the Giants, you know, kind of special in the way that that former players stay involved uh, in the franchise? I think different teams have different relationship with their alumni players. Um, Mr. Ware, Mr. Wellington Mara had said way back, once a giant, always a giant. So he's always welcome on any giant that we're a giant, even if it's for an hour or five minutes or a minute, you are a giant forever. So just to have that, that clear, uh, path of, uh, acceptance makes you feel good to, to show up at the stadium. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it, I'm sure, you know, it, it, it's always nice to see so many former Giants hanging around. So I want to ask you, you know, it's been it's been a struggle for the Giants now for for seven or eight years. I think it's only one playoff appearance since winning the 2011 Super Bowl. You know, you you've watched, you know, coaches come and go and, and, and things change and, you know, how do you feel about Joe Judge and how optimistic are you, you know, as, as a fan that things are about to turn for this franchise? I feel 100% that it's about to change. And, and as far as Joe Judge is concerned, when you get a guy off Bill Belichick tree line and, you know, Parcells and Bill have done a great job of, of, uh, putting seeds in the ground and having those seeds become big trees. 
And and you see that with, with Belichick and, and, and Joe. Joe has learned his craft well. He he understands it. He understands the relationship you must have with your players and the respect that you need from management. Because without that, you can't have a winning team. And and he seemed like he's a player coach. And he wants us alumni players around. He wants us visible so that these players can see it and get what it is to be a giant. So we are happy that we have him. And we feel that big things are going to be coming our way. And you can see that by how we played the last few games when we were clearly um, out of it early on. But they were they they were close. And I said many times, Stevie Bacon, I said many times, when they learn how to win, they're going to be tough. And they and that's what they started doing toward the end of the season. They started learning how to win. So those close games, they were able to pull it off. And that because of coaching. Coaching and players believing in the coaching and the system they are being taught. It- it's so funny because we asked Joe a lot during the season about the whole, you know, does a young team need to learn how to win kind of thing. And he always deflected that. And he said, he, he said that to me, there's no such thing as, you know, quote unquote, learning how to win. There's learning how to play 60 minutes of football, you know, that, that results in winning. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, for you, what, what does learn how to win actually mean you know for you as a former player well when we look at learn how to win let's put it this way when i was a cardinal every game we played we played tough but when it came to the fourth quarter we pretty much knew we weren't going to win it so we didn't know what it took to win or how much more effort or how much more you have to be uh, uh, uh aware of your your surrounding and your so until you learn those tangibles it's hard to understand how I, how do I win when the little mistakes like jumping offside or not reading you in the right coverage or running the wrong route? Those are elements that can prevent you from from winning or having ball security. So those those things can keep you from winning. So so when I say learn how to win, I mean learn how not to make those mistakes that cost you a chance of winning the game. And that's the best way Parcells always told us: Don't you be the man who costs us not to uh, execute a play that could have possibly given us a victory. Don't you be the man who didn't do the assignment. So that's that's where I get that learning how to win from. It, it's an attitude. It's something that that, that comes from um, believing that you can win and you do it. You know, I need to ask you, you know, as a former running back, I need to ask you, you know, I'll get to Saquon in a second, but was it fun for you to watch a guy like Wayne Gallman run this year. I mean, I, I the, the thing about Wayne Gallman for me was that he's not a breakaway back, but the thing that was enjoyable for me this year was watching a guy like that push the pile and get pretty much as much yardage as he could out of most every play. So I'm just curious if, if he was if it was fun for you to watch him this year. Well, I'm going to ask that question by saying yes, and I'm going to go a little further with it. When I found out, I, when I met Wayne and found out that he was from Clemson and they had won the national championship and he was the feature running back, I was like, wow, so you that kid. And then when I saw him play, and when Barkley came in and he was playing and he wasn't really getting much time, and I, I would talk to him. I would say, listen, man, you're a play away from being on the field. You just got to always be ready for when your time comes to shine, you got to do it. 
and you got to make people remember that you are in this league for a reason and, and, and that given an opportunity, you can carry the load. And when he had that opportunity, he showed what he can do. I've said for a long time, the Giants should never get rid of that kid. And I'm glad they kept him around because he's very valuable. And I love what he does. He, he, he's a one cut and take what you give. Um, and, and he's not trying to hit the home run every time he hit the ball, uh, get the ball in his hand. And, and, and that's the difference between him and Barkley. I know you was going to get to Barkley, but as we get to Barkley, I would elaborate more on what I mean by a uh, home run hitter every time you touch the ball compared to Wayne, who take what the offense, uh, the defense give him. And he just, uh, just always falling forward. And I, and I always told him that, I said, Hey, man. When you get the ball, your job is to get two to three yards every time you get the ball. You want to make second and third down manageable for your quarterback so it's easy for you to stay on the field longer. So let's let's get to Barkley a little bit. And, and you talked about home run hitter, and that's really what he is. And as great as he is, I think sometimes the frustrating thing to watch with Saquon can be the idea that as many home runs as he hits – he tends to sometimes look for that home run. This is just, and and this is, you know, for, from my perspective, mm-hmm. where you'll turn a a play that should have been a a two yard gain into a three yard loss. Um, and 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 what I'm what I want to ask you is, am I seeing the right thing? And how much better can he be, you know, when he learns to just take that two yard gain? Okay, and and that's that's a great question, and I'm a, a I'm going to go back to say when I was a rookie and I came into the league, every play that I touched the ball, I thought I could go the distance. And, yeah, I was successful my first year. But next year after that, when people realized I was no longer a surprise, then I, it took me a hard and a long time to understand that. And what happens is when you have success making big plays out of nothing and and you you get to the point where – Every play you think you go the distance, every play you try, and you forget down the distance, you forget situation. All you want to do is make that big run. And and you have to learn that every play is not a big run, but if you keep taking those two- and three-yard plays, that big play will come. It always happens in a game where you'll take a play that looked like it's going to be nothing, and those are the plays that end up being the home run hitters. Uh, it just comes from, from uh, him growing up, him understanding – uh, his position coach just needs to sit down and show him, show him Wayne, show him films of what Wayne, because Wayne running the same plays that he pretty much ran. Uh, I mean, I think that's probably some differences where you know uh, they might have changed the thing a little bit, but look at what Wayne did. Wayne took what the defense gave him, and he didn't try to get those home runs every time he touched the football. But you saw them come. You saw many opportunity. He had run for over 15 and 20 yards. It because he was patient. Do you have you have any doubts that that Saquon's going to come back 100? percent You know, when you get a knee injury, you just don't know. You just don't know. I was fortunate to play 14 years and never had any knee surgery, never had any serious bad injuries to my knee other than a hyper hyperextension, you know, one time. But um, um, I, it's hard. You don't know coming off an injury, no matter what it is, whether it's a shoulder or elbow or wrist or ankles you just don't know until you put it in motion the the one serious injury that i did say i was 
I could have been a serious one was the playoff game was against Green Bay when I was, uh, I think it was uh, the short season in 82. And um, I had my ankle roll up real bad by Mike Douglas, outside linebacker. And I thought I literally broke my ankle. It took me the third game of the season to realize that I was back and I was okay and that I could do the things I once did. So it's going to take, it's going to take a minute. Last question for you. Who you, who you picking in the Super Bowl? I know uh, I keep going back and forth and I have a hard time picking against Tom Brady, but I think I have a hard t- an even harder time picking against Patrick Mahomes. And, and that's why I said that to Ed, because if you go back and look at it, I mean, sure that if you look at the first time they played, uh, Kansas City jumped out on them and looked pretty good. And then Brady kind of figured it out and they made a run for it. I think they lost by three points. Um, that team that played Tampa, that played Kansas City early is totally different. Uh, Brady has finally incorporated the system that was in New England into Tampa. He had put the pieces that he needed together that he had in New England to Tampa. If you look at what they're doing, it's so much similarity. Brady has taken control over the offense where he can make the calls on plays and adjustments. And that's what gave Brady the success that he had. And he has it now. And the players starting to understand it. But then you go back and look at Mahomes because he's such the X fighter. When you do everything right, he somehow make that little extra throw or a little extra look off or a little extra run. He's the factor that make you say, I can't go against the young gun. But Brady, as, a, as the GOAT, makes you feel you can't go against him because he's finally going to figure this thing out. So I'm, I'm going to tell you this, Ed, and I said it early to a couple other reporters I talked to. I'm going to pick the team with the most points to go in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Then, then, you're, then you're guaranteed to win. That's I don't know right, if you, I don't think you can put money on that, but 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 you're guaranteed, <laughs> you're guaranteed to win. Otis, appreciate the time, and hopefully we'll get to talk to you again. I know it's something I've I've wanted to do for a while, so thank you very very much. Thank you, Ed, and thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about Nova Nordis and the great work they're doing with diabetes awareness and the NFL alumni uh, huddle up here at, at Nova Nordis. We're constantly talking about uh, obesity, and that is one of the symptoms of uh, diabetes as well. So we're we're working together with the NFL alumni association. And and uh, and their campaign is Huddle Up, Let's Talk Obesity. And you can go to huddleupobesity.com to get more information about it. And I think it's just a great partnership when you get two organizations like Nova Nordis and the NFL alumni to come together and talk about such a such a serious cause and to try to educate people about uh, obesity and diabetes all at the same time. All right. Appreciate thank you. It. Take yeah. care. All right, Giants fans, hope you enjoyed that interview with Otis Anderson as much as I did. Just a few uh, a few notes, a few things to to clean up, few things to to make you aware of here uh before we uh, before we call it a show for today. Just wanted to to make sure that you guys have been checking out all of our senior bowl coverage this week. Chris Flum, Joe DeLeon, you know, doing uh, doing great work covering the Senior Bowl from a Giants perspective. Um, also, hope that you've been checking out our our YouTube videos, uh, where we're we're 
uh, putting together quite a good collection of, of Giants-related videos, draft-related videos, season recap kind of stuff that uh, that we hope you enjoy as well. And also, please remember, you know, check us out on Instagram as well. Follow us on uh, on Twitter at Big Blue View. Uh, so, and, and of course, as always, you know, subscribe to our podcasts on all of your favorite podcast applications. All right, Giants fans, take care of each other out there. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye bye.